Hey, before we dive in, a warning. This episode contains discussions and descriptions of gun violence and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. From the Montana Kaiman, University of Montana's independent student-run newspaper, this is the Kaiman Cast for the week of September 6th. I'm Austin Amistoy. In a blockbuster session under a newly united Republican government, the Montana legislature passed a series of bills promising sweeping changes to life in Montana. House Bill 102 was one of the first signed by Governor Greg Gianforte and seeks to permit the carrying of firearms nearly anywhere in the state, including on college campuses. But the bill quickly faced lawsuits from state employees and the university system who claimed the bill unconstitutionally limits the rights of the state's Board of Regents. This week, Kaiman News Editor Griffin Smith joined me to explain House Bill 102 its potential ramifications for Montana's public universities, and how students are reacting. Hey, Griffin, welcome to the Kaiman Cast. How are you doing today? I'm good, Austin. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, good. We're glad to have you. Um, But before we actually get into the nitty gritty, just like I did with Mariah last week, I'd love if you could tell us what you do at the Kaiman. Yeah. So at the Kaiman, I'm a junior news editor and reporter. So I report stories, and I also edit some, too, for our reporters at the Kaiman. So we're at it again this week with another cover story with some complicated legalese at its heart. So to start, I'm wondering if you could walk me and our listeners through House Bill 102. What is it exactly, and what was its history in the legislature earlier this year? Next, we'll open the hearing on House Bill 102. For sure. So earlier this year, when the uh, Montana legislature met, House Bill 102 was introduced by Seth Bergley of Joliet, House District 58. Thank you, Mr. Chair, members of the committee, any of the public that might be watching. It is an honor to be in front of Senate Judiciary yet again. And the bill, essentially, in his words, would end all gun-free zones in the state meaning areas like banks and bars and also college campuses that have for decades not had can- uh, guns available. So I think in, in from a lawmaking standpoint, what's the alternative, right? We're looking at school shootings, we're looking at mass shootings. In the January 20th Senate Judiciary Committee, um, Austin Knudsen, the Montana Attorney General, added himself as a proponent to the bill. For the record, Attorney General Austin Knudsen, here on behalf of myself and on behalf of the Montana Department of Justice, uh, in strong support of House Bill 102. There was not much talk about uh, campuses, per se, in his speech, but it was more geared to individual freedom on that moment. Gun-free zones don't work. We know this. The science bears that out. We also know that concealed carry permit holders are the safest segment of the population in America. We did have some normal Montanans who uh, testified before the bill. My name is Tim Sowa, S-O-W. I'm Garrett Bacon, P-A-C-O. Uh, Jesse Slaughter, S-O. And Gary Marbutt, M-A-R-B-U-T. But we also had some other interest groups, like the National Rifle Association, also testified in favor of House Bill 102. And Griffin, during the bill's journey through the legislature, who did we see coming out against the bill? A lot of university and college uh, groups. 
So you saw people from the Montana University system testifying against it. We know that in Montana, uh, death by firearm is the cause of suicide for 72% of the cases. And you saw groups from uh, student government coming to attest against it. Some people feel safer carrying a gun, while others feel safe knowing that there is not a gun present in the room. And then you just had students who were telling stories of their time uh, testifying against it. What was the vote exactly, and when was the bill signed into law? So the bill was signed into law on February 18th, and the vote was directly on party lines. 67 Republicans voted for it, 33 Democrats against it. And I know, Griffin, in your reporting, you found one particular student account from a testimony at the legislature this year that was pretty striking. So I'm wondering who was that student and what did they have to say? My name is Daisy Corey, and I am a concerned student at Montana State University. The student at MSU, she described in detail the suicide of a close friend of hers while she was present. When I was 13 years old, one of my best friends committed suicide in front of me. He shot himself in the head with a handgun. In an instant, lives were changed. While she misses her friend, she also described in detail how it affected her and still affects her to this day. I was suicidal. I was hospitalized. I am a survivor of horrific gun violence. My journey continues and has brought me here today to oppose House Bill 102 from passing. Guns have no place on a college campus or near any school. Montana she was adamant not to have guns on Montana State University. So now we know some of the main players in the game that was House Bill 102, um, and you've explained it a little bit, but you know the bill also contains more details about where guns can be carried and where they can't in the state. And some of those details don't apply to college campuses. So could you run me through where the bill allows concealed carry now and where it doesn't? Yeah, so there are still some locations, government locations mostly, where concealed carry is not allowed. And uh, that would be state prisons, correctional facilities, county detention facilities, public airports, federal buildings, private property where owners say no, essentially, and courthouses where judges say no. That recently happened in Great Falls, as a judge said no to guns in the courthouse with the new House Bill 102, and schools that say no. And the reason we're talking about House Bill 102, though, is its impact on college campuses. And I'm wondering, could you tell us how the bill is worded um, in such a way that is of concern to the university system? In House Bill 102, there is a specific section, Section 6, that has to do directly with the Montana University system. And it essentially says that the university system doesn't have authority to regulate guns on campus. Are they, or I guess, what's the idea behind the legislature saying that? Do they have some kind of legal backing to say that the university system can't regulate its campuses when it comes to guns? Well, they go directly to Section 2 of the Montana State Constitution, which is the Second Amendment in there. And they argue the Second Amendment is at least all-powerful when it comes to other government beings and cannot interfere with it. Now, Griffin, this sounds all like a pretty radical departure from current gun policy at the University of Montana. It really is. 
So unless you are a law enforcement officer, you cannot bring a gun on campus at the University of Montana. There are two exceptions. The main exception is you are allowed to store a weapon at uh, the police headquarters and take it out whenever you want. You can also legally keep it in your car as long as it's unloaded, locked, and your car is locked. So that's what policy is like at MUS campuses right now. And that's still the case. Now, House Bill 102 was set to go into effect on June 1st, but something stops that from happening. So after a May meeting with the Montana Board of Regents, the Montana Board of Regents sued the state legislature, arguing that the Board of Regents is also a part of the Constitution in Section or Article 10, and therefore they have sole authority over the university as written in the Constitution. And this court case is in district court in Lewis and Clark County under Judge McMahon. So McMahon enjoined parts of House Bill 102. Which parts are in effect and which parts are not currently? Yeah, so the section about concealed carry is in effect, and we can see that in effect today. But Section 6 is currently enjoined on an indefinite injunction depending on the result of the court case. So what question is the court supposed to decide exactly when it comes to House Bill 102? Well, it's the question of who controls firearms on campus, which both sides have said is a larger question of who controls the universities. The argument between the two is Article 2 of the Montana State Constitution ratifies the Second Amendment, and Article 10 of the Montana Constitution ratifies the Board of Regents of Control over the universities. So they're really clashing in this lawsuit. So we know that this law is not in effect at universities in Montana, at least not until the court potentially decides to block that portion of House Bill 102 or let it through. In the meantime, though, students are back in class at UM. And had this lawsuit not been filed, it's likely there would be concealed firearms on campus right now. Griffin, you were out on the first day of classes on August 30th. What were students saying about this issue? Well, before prompted, there's not a lot of information out there that students know on House Bill 102. The students that did know that House Bill 102 existed, most of them did not know that there was a lawsuit involved with it and thought that there were guns on campus that first day of school. When digging into it more, not a lot of people were in full support of House Bill 102, though many do support guns. Halston Witt, a freshman biology major from South Dakota, told me that she's grown up with guns for most of her life. One of her first Christmas presents was a shotgun. But after deciding to go to the University of Montana and seeing the options of bringing a gun, she decided not to and didn't know that there was options to leave uh, her gun on the UMPD locker until after she got there for orientation. But had House Bill 102 gone into effect, was Halston interested in bringing that gun to campus? Yeah, but not in her dorm. She said that she was concerned for other people on campus not being comfortable with firearms. And she said if she wasn't from rural South Dakota, she probably wouldn't have known firearms as much as she did now. So there's a lot of nuanced opinions about House Bill 102 among students, at least. And I know that in your coverage, you also had the chance to speak with some mental health experts on campus because the mental health 
argument and the, and the discussion of guns and gun suicides in Montana was a big part of House Bill 102's course through the legislature. So what were some of the concerns that those experts on campus told you when it, came, when it comes to House Bill 102 and, and the potential of mixing guns into campus life? From the Curry Health Center, Tracy Anderson, the interim director, she said that many students come onto campus with anxiety, trepidation, uncertainty every year. And there are many mental health issues that the counselors and UMPD have to respond to each time, each year. But with more guns and more accessibility to guns on campus, both UMPD and the Curry Health Center had concerns for suicide. You know, with all that said, Griffin, you, you've been covering House Bill 102 in some capacity since it first started, charging through the legislature. And here we are nearly five months later, and we've had a lot of time to chew on the bill and the implications of concealed guns on campus. There's passion on both sides of this issue, gun rights, public safety. And that passion, you know, we, we know comes from many places polarization in politics, national influence, money, cultural, personal beliefs. But I'm wondering, based on the people you've talked to and the stories you've heard, in your opinion, does it really matter what the district court decides on this particular bill? You know, is this a, a closing chapter in the story of gun rights in Montana? No, it's not likely this will close the gun rights debate. In fact, this is just a stepping stone in the legal process. Both sides are likely to appeal House Bill 102 to the Montana Supreme Court out of district court. At least, that's what both sides have said. And what happens from there? From there, we'll get a decision from the Montana Supreme Court on it. And that's not even a guarantee that we'll finalize the decision. The biggest takeaway for me is that a lot of people own guns in Montana. It's the number one per capita percentage of people who own guns in the country. And that comes with a lot of weight. We have a very high suicide rate and we have a lot of young people committing suicide with guns. So trying to find a balancing act is what I've seen a lot of people looking for. And there's really two sides of the debate. Well, thank you for your reporting, Griffin. There's a lot more work for us to do from here. Thank you, Austin. Throughout the fall semester, the Montana Kaiman will publish a series of stories on House Bill 102, exploring the bill's potential ramifications for campuses and students, and taking a close look at Montana's history and relationship with guns. You can find our coverage from our series In the Crosshairs in our print paper and online at montanakaiman.com. Griffin's full story on the history and status of House Bill 102 will debut in this week's paper, due on newsstands and online on Thursday, September 9th. The Kaiman Cast is produced and edited by me, Austin Amistoy. Reporting by Griffin Smith. That's it for this week's episode. Next time, a Kaiman look into the shutdown of a major UM sorority. I'll see you there.